Hello, nerds. Welcome back to a Batman University. Uh, today, I've got a new guest on the podcast who has not been to Batman University before, uh, but a, a person who is very much a fan of Batman. Uh, my guest tonight is one of my uh, is is another librarian because I know many librarians and librarians are always good people. Uh, my guest tonight is a friend of a friend it, who's a librarian. It's uh, George. If I say your name wrong, I'll do this again. Uh, George Peckham Rooney. Yeah, you got it. You got it in one. That's that's uh, that's good. <laughs> One less thing to edit. Um, and uh, listeners, uh, you, if you've listened to a couple episodes this season, you've already heard this. But just as a reminder, uh, this season on Batman University, we're kind of expanding the scope of the uh, the curriculum a little bit. Uh, season one, it was all Batman the Animated Series episodes. Season two, people are coming in with uh, other Batman-adjacent media to talk about. And uh, George, you picked for, for us to chat about today... Um, Kind of the pilot or the, the first two episodes, because it's a two-parter of Batman Beyond, uh, which is called Rebirth, uh, which I think is a really interesting uh, pick, an interesting pair of episodes to chat about. Um, so yeah, so that's great. But before we dive into that, um, George, we should we should chat a little bit about you and kind of like what's your background, what's your interest in? I guess let's start with just Batman in general. Oh, uh, Batman was a, a formative influence in my life. I grew up watching, you know, the Batman animated series when I was younger. And then um, I worked for many years, many, many years in a small comic book store uh, in New England where I was an avid comic book reader and um, kind of, you know, Batman and Batman adjacent comics were always some of my more interesting ones. Um, I always felt like the big Batman books were always hard to um, kind of get into because they're in so many high numbers. So one thing I really appreciate about the animated series and it's following, uh, it's following, um, following stories um, where that they're very approachable, so that's in, you know one of the reasons why I also liked um, what we're talking about today, Batman Beyond. Um, but that's been my experience with Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've only recently kind of jumped into the comics, like in the last uh, I think maybe four or five years with the like Scott Snyder stuff. Um, and it, I mean, I enjoy them, but yeah, they're not super approachable, and they're you know there's like four or five simultaneous Batman series, you know, with Batman, Batman and Robin, Detective Comics, and then like other events. And they refer back and forth to each other. So it's like, it's not easy to walk into a comic book store, grab some Batman and start reading it. Uh, and that's, that's kind of what makes the, the, uh, the animated stuff. Uh, I mean, I like the stories, but it is, it definitely feels more self-contained than, uh, than than the uh, the comics and it definitely you can kind of dip into it a lot more easily and there is still like a ton of it right if you've got you've got batman you've got superman you've got the justice league justice league unlimited batman beyond and then there's even some other kind of other uh, i think probably not as successful spinoffs um so like there's hundreds of hours of tv <laughs> um but it's a, le- a little easier to dip into like well i, I only care about superman or i just want to watch justice league without feeling lost right um Right, which I think is kind of the the real genius behind the the animated you know universe. Yeah. So you chose uh, Batman Beyond for us to chat about today. Um, is this something that you watched when it was uh, airing way back when? Yeah, I mean, I was looking back so weird, or at least the 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 cover of the show is around in early early aughts, early early to, like two thousand three, I think, is when the first season aired, and it was just something that I came across kind of. Um, you know, way back when, when I was you know, in college and something I really enjoyed and I enjoyed the fact that mm-hmm. it was kind of a new, a new take on Batman and it had a kind of a science fictiony feel to it, but in a very kind of like Victorian sense in the sense that like, you know, there was, 
you know, uh, you know, data disks and a lot of the technology seemed very kind of old, but you know, new but old, I should say. I really enjoyed the kind of the look of the show, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the relationship between um, the uh, the main characters between between Bruce and then the, this new young protege that we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. So, in case listeners, in case you're not familiar with the premise of Batman Beyond, I think most people are, but let's let's assume maybe there's some that are not. Batman Beyond is basically Batman in the uh, near future. I think it's set in 2040, um, which was like 40 years in the present from when the show was made. And Bruce Wayne is an old man and is kind of mentoring a new upstart uh, Batman. But it's it's very kind of cyberpunk science fiction-y. Um, and yeah, a lot of kind of science fiction elements to it. Um, so it's it's Batman in the future. Um, and th- this is this is an interesting premise for a show because I feel like because it's not an existing comic property. There are now Batman Beyond comics based on the popularity of the show, but there this was not a thing that existed in the comics that they were adapting. They were kind of setting out on their own and doing this this whole new thing, which is you know I mean I guess that's cool and it's bold. It's almost feels a little risky in that like. The comics are so the the TV show is so usually so derivative of the comics, and it's like we have these decades of comics to like glean the best stories from and kind of remix them however we like. And here it's like, nope, we are going to do our own completely new thing, and it's going to have a pretty different style to it. And and they don't even lean too heavily on uh, kind of the Batman animated series in terms of there are a couple villains who pop up. Uh, you you might think about which villains uh, could could survive forty years into the future and still be uh, a, a dangerous threat, and th- those are some of the ones that come up. But it's it's mainly they have like an all new rogues gallery, and I mean some of them do feel related in that like there's only so many archetypes for comic book villains, but it's very much it's like its own totally new thing. Um, I'll say that when this came out, I wasn't super into it. Um, I was really into the Batman animated series, and this thing seemed interesting. But different enough that it that like I was not interested in it at the time, and I had to kind of discover it uh, later. Uh, I think, in, in fact, my I think I, I watched a bunch of episodes with uh, my roommate at the time, Jeremy Goldstein, who was on last season of uh, Batman University, um, and then uh, more recently in the last couple of years, I went back and did like I'm going to watch all of it, um, you know, from from front to finish, and. Uh, I was probably unfair to it because it's it's actually it's pretty good, and I think I was just like it was too different from Batman the Animated Series when it first came out for me, and I I, I judged it unfairly. So yeah, no, I could. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely new ground. Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly. They definitely was stepping. It was a kind of a brave choice as far as stepping away from the traditional Batman canon and and bringing in this new kind of. They've they've had a very strong kind of sidekick mentor relationship going on, but in this case, it's like a a mentor. Who's you know the uh, Bruce Wayne is mentoring this young kid, but in a very kind of it's just a different dynamic because um, he's training him to you know essentially become Batman as opposed to becoming Batman's apprentice. Mm-hmm. So it's a very different um, different uh, look at the character of both Batman and then also of that kind of time honored relationship you know that we've seen again and again between um, like Robin and 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 Batman and then. You know, Nightwing and Batman and things like that. So it's been it's something that mm-hmm. I thought was um, I, I really enjoyed. You know, kind of the, the the fresh take and appreciated it. Though I did appreciate also yeah. the occasional. You know, that you'll you'll see if you if you watch it. There's a, the occasional character from the animated series that they've kind of brought forward into this show, and you see kind of a wink and a nod to you know earlier characters, which I always mm-hmm. which is which is great for like the real you know diehard fans of the of the original animated series, which is I think fantastic. 
And, you know, I think Terry McGinnis works, who, who is the kind of the youth aspiring to be, uh, or maybe not aspiring, but is on the track to be the next Batman uh, or the new, the new Batman in the future. Even that was kind of bold, right? Like it, this, you know, you could have imagined a less uh, bold version of the show where it's just, it's just Batman in the cyberpunk future. And we don't explain why Bruce Wayne is living in a cyberpunk future or the next step from that. We take one of the versions of Robin that people are familiar with and, and he's, he's training to be the new Batman, but instead it's this, it's this brand new character uh, who's got his own kind of challenges. And, you know, he's kind of cut from the, the kind of the Robin cloth a little bit. Right. Um, in terms of he's, you know, he's the punk kid figuring things out and uh, he's, he's, <laughs> pretty acrobatic and uh got, has a chip on his shoulder but he is his own character with his own uh kind of ideals and uh and flaws um but yeah i think that's it's all pretty impressive for what was a saturday morning cartoon and what they kind of set themselves up for when you could have imagined them kind of getting away with less uh so the the episode we watched it's uh rebirth uh, which is a two-parter parts one and parts two and this is basically kind of the origin story uh, and I will say when I first was watching this uh, back when it first – Batman Beyond when it first aired, I definitely didn't see this episode. Uh, so I wasn't really aware that there was an origin story and I didn't come see that until I did like an actual proper watch through and watched it start to finish. And it's both kind of the origin of uh, Terry McGinnis and also kind of – I don't know what's the, what the opposite of an origin but like how Bruce Wayne closes out uh, and decides he can't be Batman anymore and – uh, I didn't know that was going to be in uh, in this episode, and it's it's uh, it's a pretty nice. Uh, I think it's a good telling of that. Um, but I guess there is always the question of like, how do we feel about origin stories? Uh, because some people uh, are pretty down on origin stories uh, and just don't like them as a narrative de- device or, or find them boring. Um, how do you feel about the the choice to do an origin story here? I mean, I'll point out in there is not really an origin story in Batman, the animated series, right? When we start in Batman, the animated series, Batman is just Batman and he's, he's doing Batman stuff. And we don't, we don't see uh, his parents getting done, gunned down in an alley. We don't see a montage of him getting trained. It's just, Nope, he's Batman. He's been Batman for a while. That's how it is. Right. I mean, I think, I think in this case, the origin story really makes sense, both from a kind of a thematic and also artistic, you know, um, viewpoint. Cause you see in the episode, the first kind of, you know, you, you see the first ep- the first part of the episode is, you know, kind of Batman's last mission, as it were, like what what causes, kind of causes him to hang up his cowl. And that's done in a very kind of a, a, a visual style similar to the animated series. And then mm-hmm. after that, you kind of hear this kind of like more cyberpunky music and it kind of really the, the tone of the show changes. And so you really see kind of the, the, the old versus the new. And I feel like particularly something as like bold as this kind of trying to bring in this new character. I think you really needed that origin story to kind of bridge the old show with the new show and the old and kind of Bruce Wayne with this new character. Otherwise I feel like it would have been just very, you know, disjointed if you they had, they, they had just started at the point where kind of you're meeting Terry and you he kind of like, you know, and you see him go through his kind of how he meets Bruce Wayne initially without knowing Bruce, Bruce's backstory and the, you know, or what happened. Um, I, I think you really would have kind of lost that kind of emotional connection with the characters because without that you don't really because you you, um, you see a lot of growth with from Terry throughout the episodes of Rebirth you can see kind of what causes him to kind of take up the mantle but you don't see what causes Bruce if you don't without seeing what causes Bruce to give up the cow and then kind of you know be um, essentially um, brought in to kind of mentor Terry you you wouldn't 
I think you'd be missing part of a big part of the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it helps that it's not it's not an origin story that we've seen, right? This is not Spider Man again, because <laughs> I've seen enough Spider Man origin stories to to last me quite a while. Yeah. So it, it helps a lot that this is a new origin story, and we don't total and like it's a little predictable, but we don't know exactly what all the beats are going to be. Um, and I, you know, I was not completely prepared for the story of how Batman. Uh, kind of decides that he is he can't do this anymore right i thought it was going to be like he goes on a mission and it's too tough and he gets badly hurt and so that now he you know he's just been hurt and that's that's the thing and in that opening scene uh you know there's basically there's a kidnapping there's a bunch of uh, hoodlums in a in a airplane hangar batman shows up he's wearing his future suit and fights the, the hoodlums and he kind of he gets overpowered and the turning point is when he grabs a gun off the ground to uh to keep a hoodlum from killing him with a giant wrench or something. And that's like, it's not that Batman gets hurt badly or gets his back broken or something like that. It's that he picks up a gun and that's the terrifying moment. And it totally makes sense with like what we know about Batman, but I was not, I guess I was not expecting that. I thought it was just going to be, he's going to get beat up um, and he'll get beat up bad. And then he can't be Batman anymore um, because he's not strong enough. Um, So, so I thought that was, that was a pretty cool way to phase out the character. Yeah, no, I think that was a really great choice and really kind of played into Batman's background and history and what kind of makes him him. And it kind of shows you, I, I really, um, like, you know, it's not always the physical aspects of, the, of of being Batman that's hard. It's kind of the more of the moral phil- philosophical nature of being Batman, which is, you know, no guns. And to have him then have to do, pick up this gun is something that kind of, you know, ends, you know, his, you know, kind of run as Batman is really, really powerful. Definitely. So uh, let's kind of jump through the the big plot points of this two-parter and, you know, just jump in with anything that you think is is kind of super interesting or worthy of of comment. Uh, Basically, the episode, like, kind of starts at this point. That's kind of the prologue is Batman realizing this is, like, he can't do this anymore. He's got his never again quote. Um, We jump into the future, uh, into, like, 2039 or something like that, and Gotham is now this kind of cyberpunk mild dystopia um yeah i think gotham's always kind of been, gotham has always kind of been a dystopia but now it's like more kind of a cyberpunk dystopia in the sense that yeah i mean there's kind of you know robots and you know and kind of hovercrafts and flying cars so there's you know, kind of have that but it's also kind of got kind of the kind of the arcology kind of tall towers gleaming spires of a lot of mm-hmm. science fiction so i think it, i think it really uh, is a very evocative you know scene for gotham and then um i, I think it's and um, early on in the prologue, you, you, it sets up this kind of kind of corporate war between two, you know, kind of this rising kind of um, corporate raider that was trying to take over um, Wayne Enterprises and Batman. You know, in the background of Batman's Last Mission, you hear about Bruce Wayne fighting him off, and then you cut to the new Gotham, and essentially, you know, this um, corporate raider has taken over um, Wayne Enterprises, and now runs the company, mm-hmm. Car Blanche. And he's seen as this yep. kind of pinnacle or this powerful figure that, you know, Bruce Wayne was once seen as. So that's, you know, kind of a, a changeover in, in, many, in another sense as well. Yeah. And this first scene in the future is, I always, I like when uh, animated stories are like highly efficient. I think that's one of the things animation can do really well. So we've got 
the character we're about to meet Terry McGinnis and he's on like the public transit, which is like some kind of like floating elevator bus thing. There's hologram TV news reports in the background that give us a little bit information dump about, you know, the, whole, the, the, the future where mega corporations run everything. And Wayne powers is the big one. And, uh, so we get some sense of like the technology and what things are like and that there's still crime because like the first thing that happens is a kind of juggalo looking clown hoodlum gets on the train and starts spray painting things and hassling people. So like, you know, this is Gotham, right? There's that there, we've got flying cars and we've got hologram news reports, uh, but there's still petty crime and hoodlums everywhere. Uh, and, and, Terry is going to basically uh, kind of intervene uh, when when the, uh, the the Joker gang is is causing trouble, uh, which shows us that like you know he's I don't know, he has some heroic tendencies or at least like sticking his nose into places it doesn't belong uh, tendencies. Right, and I agree. It's a very efficient scene. It kind of sets up, sets up both the world and also Terry as a character really well, which I agree with you. It's something that's great. I love about animation. I also love the fact that the Joker is kind of taking on this kind of persona of cult figure for these kind of you know, hoodlums, you know, kind of, you know, uh, gangs of thieves, as it were. And then kind of so mm-hmm. they go around and they kind of vandalize and kind of are the, are the wild kind of untamed, you know, biker gangs in the city. And it's really um, mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Um, you take this old character and then kind of present him as kind of this, you know, kind of kind of uh, cult persona is really interesting. Yeah. Because the the Joker basically is does not appear in Batman Beyond. Uh, I won't say too much more about that because I don't want to spoil anything. But the idea is the Joker is dead, but he lives on as this icon for. And the Jokers, they're they're Jokers with a Z is the name of the gang in Batman Beyond. They seem to be a little bit more kind of hoodlums than and nuisancey than uh, super villains or even just villains. Uh, but they are kind of you know Terry McGinnis, the the new Batman is. Uh, He's 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 a high school student, right? Uh, which I think is fun for a, a, a superhero. Uh, my favorite Marvel superhero is Spider Man, and I just I love the Spider Man stories of about like you know life is really hard when you're a superhero and you're trying to save the city at night, but also like you've got an exam the next day that you're falling asleep in, and that is that is more fun for me than superheroes that you know have a day job that they can just zip out from. Uh, and I, I like the superheroes that are just like barely kind of managing to stitch together their their normal life with their superhero life, and maybe their normal life is collapsing, and. Uh, Terry McGinnis borrows from that 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 trope a little bit, uh, which I like because that's a trope I find fun uh, and and amusing in in superheroes. Um, right, right. Well, I, that's one thing that I really in, enjoy uh, as well in superheroes is I, I like it when they fail, and like you know when like mm-hmm. when they struggle and kind of like that's one thing that that meant that he, the original Batman character was kind of hard to relate to. Like he was this you know you know rich, super smart, powerful individual who. I mean, other than being Batman, I mean, his life was pretty great. <laughs> you know, he had, you know, mm-hmm. more money than he knew what to do with. And he could just kind of, whereas Terry has, he's kind of like, I got to, as you said, I got to save the world. I have to save the city, but also, you know, basically, you know, get my homework done and like make it to class. And yeah. so it's just, I feel like that's yeah. more room for like real, you know, I mean, because everyone has those issues. Maybe not, maybe not fighting off supervillains and you know being Batman, but everyone has issues where it comes to like you've got multiple priorities and kind of have to juggle them, and you're doing like everything okay. And so I just, I just appreciate mm-hmm. that kind of um, setup and him being in. And, and and I agree, the high school kind of is such a good metaphor for kind of you know superheroes and kind of building kind of like as like you're growing into yourself, you're kind of growing. This character is growing into you know being a hero. So it's a very 
very good parallel there. And so in kind of driving a little bit of the action in this first half of the two-parter, uh, you know, there's basically a quick scene where Terry gets in trouble with a fight at school during some kind of, I guess that's just wrestling. There's later in Batman Beyond, there's like future sports that don't exist yet. Yeah, that's, it's still wrestling. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll be like future lacrosse later though. Right. Um, so he gets, he gets grounded and he argues with his dad in classic teenager fashion and then basically cuts out anyway uh, to go to a club with his, I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess she's his girlfriend. Right. Um, but a, but a, a, a subplot is that you see Terry's dad before who works for Wayne Powers. You see him essentially meet up with another coworker who the other, this other coworker is concerned and kind of slips uh, Terry's dad some, like essentially a, a, a data disc of information that he's concerned about something going on with the company. So this is kind of this corporate espionage kind of like, you know, a kind of subplot that's kind of like weaved behind, you know, the kind of the 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 the, the wrestling match storyline, as it were. And we and we see uh, a Wayne Powers. Uh, uh, I guess I want to call him henchman, but uh, I mean maybe he has a more official title than that. Uh, security <laughs> officiant uh, deals with the uh, with uh, with Terry's father's coworker in a rather ominous way, and he's kind of got all of the trappings of a supervillain or a supervillain henchman in terms of a uh, kind of ornate dress and facial scarring and uh, voice and the way he carries himself is a uh, pretty classic henchman. Um, yeah, definitely very much a classic henchman. I kind of laugh a little bit when it's uh, they've got this disc with information. Cause it feels like that, you know, this is a, a series they made about 2040 uh, in the, in very early two thousands, because it feels like that probably has aged a little poorly uh, and that, Probably if we were writing a show about 2040 right now, we would probably not have discs, but it's a disc because that's what, that's what. Right. Right. I think they kind of, that, like, I think they really kind of owned the, the, the old is new again, kind of approach to that. And you see a lot Mm -hmm. of kind of what you would consider, you know, um, you know, kind of outdated technology nowadays, which is just uh, interesting. So the, we end up with uh, Terry at the nightclub, uh, with his girlfriend and uh, some other characters that we'd seen briefly from his high school. And basically the Joker gang shows up and just starts causing trouble. Like they're grabbing people and they're smashing cars and they're riding their kind of uh, cyberpunk motorcycles around. And uh, Terry being kind of hotheaded basically uh, intervenes and then there's a motorcycle chase, right. um, which is like a fun action sequence, it, especially with the style of the bikes. It kind of reminded me of uh, the classic anime Akira. I think it's probably intended to allude to that a little bit. But basically, there's people riding bikes and weaving through traffic and jumping off of bridges and uh, a, a nice little action. Right. And it also shows Terry's kind of general athleticism and kind of skill with, you know, various, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, modes of transportation. You know, and like you know, yeah. being an, being a great motorcycle driver. So, and then this kind of essentially this 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 chase leads them through the city and then out of the city, and then you see them kind of go up into the mountain into this kind of ominous landscape. And you know, this is kind of where they meet. You know, um, or where Terry kind of comes across uh, essentially uh, Wayne Manor. That's and it's kind of become mm-hmm. kind of this ghost of its former self, right? literally and figuratively, in the sense that the house is kind of, you know, dark and not really inviting. And so he ends up kind of being um, essentially kind of accosted by the Joker gang in front of Wayne Manor. And then, you know, Bruce Wayne essentially saves him. He, mm-hmm. uh, appearing out of the darkness with his 
little cane to save the day. And, and very, very large dog, which yes. I feel like is canon in Batman, but is, was not in the original, not in the animated series. Nope, we hadn't seen that in a while, but I guess I, I looked it up because I was, I was like, what's the deal with this dog? And the dog goes back to like the 50s as Ace the Bat Dog. Uh, but seems to be, I mean, you point out how desolate Wayne Manor is. And Wayne Manor is never usually uh, depicted as kind of a cheery, uh, warm, happy place, but it's extra desolate in, at the, you know, it, by the year 2039. Like it's, it's just, it's haunted castle uh, in the middle of nowhere, desolate with no lights and just, you know, trees with no leaves and uh, creepy creaking uh, uh, gates and whatnot. It's, it's just, it's totally a ghost town because it's just Bruce and his dog. Uh, and he's totally alone. Uh, there's, there's, I don't know if Alfred is ever mentioned in Batman Beyond, but you know, he's not around. There's no Robin. There's no Batgirl. He is just by himself in this giant spooky haunted mansion, uh, which is, you know, that's pretty affecting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I believe Alfred's alluded to in some sense in, in, in maybe in scenes, I'm not sure in this episode, but it's later on if memory serves that of him being gone. I don't, I, I always, I always refer to him as Alfred of having, you know, uh, passed on in the sense that you know because mm-hmm. I mean obviously if Bruce if Bruce is much older Alfred was much yeah. older than him at the time so I but you don't see anyone else and it's just nope. he essentially become this hermit up in the mountains um, and kind of withdrawn from all civil life yeah, yeah. Um, so you know that basically uh, Bruce and Terry kind of get to save each other in that Bruce is saving him from the Jokers because he's outnumbered and then he's kind of having some kind of uh, medical episode and, and Terry walks him into the uh, house and gets him his medication. Uh, but then Terry goes home and has kind of the, uh, kind of the uncle Ben moment where he goes home to find out that his, his father has been murdered and it is set up to look like the jokers have done it with ha 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 graffiti written everywhere. But we were, but the viewers have, were saw as Terry was leaving uh, the Wayne powers uh, henchmen pull up in front of the, uh, the, the home so there's it's it's pretty clear that that this is just intended to look like the jokers did it but we know the viewers know that the jokers did not do it right but and also prior to terry leaving wayne manor he stumbles across um the uh the the grandfather clock and is able to kind of find his way into the bat cave and you know essentially find it down down the steps and see all the old suits and it kind of clicks with him that oh no wonder this old man saved me i mean he used to be and you see like all the suits you see like the bat the new future Batman suit and then the older Batman suit, the animated series, and then the Robin suit. So you get to have this kind of like hall of heroes kind of moment where like, mm-hmm. it just and he's like, whoa. And he has this kind of great scene where he just is like, wow. And then Bruce finds him and then kicks him out. Um, yeah. And which I, I guess, you know, it's a two-parter, so I can't get there right away. You know, Bruce Wayne is not, I mean, he is, he's kind of a, a mean old jerk in this in this episode, right? He is not a warm, caring mentor, and you know he's usually most depictions of Batman and Bruce Wayne is that he's uh, somewhat antisocial or, or, or aloof or not really connected to people, and he is just he's just mean in this, right? I mean he's he's angry and grumpy and gruff, and um, like I kind of thought like oh he's going to be Batman now, and it's like no he's he's thrown out of the house and walking down the twisty road from the abandoned mansion by himself and you know it might as well be raining on him yeah yeah i mean you know he's bruce wayne is not a not a nice person in this episode um he's um yeah i agree completely he's the grumpy old man so part one ends right as terry gets home again i think or 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 thereabouts and so 
the second episode opens, I think, with the aftermath of Terry finding, you know, his father um, being uh, his his father has been essentially has been killed by mm-hmm. um, and, and it's assumed by the Jokers, as you said. Um, although um, you know the audience sees, you know, the the head of security for Wayne Powers, the the, the henchman, capital H, we talked about earlier, pull up as Terry's leaving the house earlier, so. It's kind of inferred that you know it's you know it wasn't the actual jokers that did it. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, Terry makes his way back to Wayne Manor with the disc that because he finds his father's uh, MacGuffin disc, uh, which uh, the powers people were theoretically looking for, and he goes to Bruce Wayne, and Bruce Wayne I guess lets him in uh, because it, the the disc does kind of implicate. Uh, Bruce Wayne's company that he's still at least emotionally invested in and probably financially connected to, but not in power anymore. And he reveals that uh, Bruce Wayne tells Terry that apparently Wayne Powers is making some kind of future awful chemical weapon nerve gas, which is basically what infected Terry's father's coworker who was getting like these horrible black splotches on his skin. And now I'm like, okay, now he's going to be Batman, but nope, he's still not going to be Batman uh, because Bruce Wayne basically says like, all right, go bring this information. There's the name drop of uh, Commissioner Barbara Gordon. So we know that Barbara Gordon has grown up to also be police commissioner. Uh, it's apparently not commissioner and Batgirl. That's, that would be too complicated. Um, but yeah, it's like, oh, well, clearly he will be Batman now. And it's like, nope, he gets sent off again. And uh, basically as he's walking through uh, Neo-Gotham, uh, he, I guess he's on the wrong street because Derek uh, Powers and his... Uh, the henchmen that we've we've seen several times now pull up in their hover limo and accost him and he uh basically ends up handing the disc over to them in order to cause a distraction so he can kind of acrobatics away and i guess this scene is in part another reminder of like what is terry capable of right like we've seen him wrestle we've seen him uh motorcycle race now we see him like doing crazy acrobatics to get down from a bridge um so he he's he's capable physically of a lot of superhero like abilities. Right. No. It's a. It's a I it, again. It's a very kind of homage to kind of his abilities, but then also to kind of the ominous nature of this. You know, kind of um, you know uh, powers, kind of you know Wayne Powers Company, and kind of what they're what they're after. I I thought this Derek Powers is the kind of the, the evil CEO type. They I, first I thought they're setting him up to be very much kind of a, a Lex Luthor clone, uh, and that's kind of how he plays in this this first two episodes. Uh, but that's not exactly the role he takes uh, for the rest of the series. Uh, so that was interesting too. I thought I I guess I kept expecting it to be a little bit more uh, cookie cutter than they go with it. Um, yeah, no, I feel I, I agree. I feel like they set him up to be kind of you know the power mad industrial industrialist. But I mean, you, you you'll see as the as the episode goes on that he has a little bit more of a a, a, a different you know uh, <laughs> uh, portfolio of uh, mm-hmm. of interests, which is, which is great. And then also, I, I love how Bruce is angry, um, angry about his legacy in the company is kind of another reason why he's so upset. You know, beyond the you know this is they're using my company to kind of create this gas, mm-hmm. and so like he's really upset. But then also the parallel between both Bruce and then Terry losing parents. Yeah. You know, so that's always a good, but I agree. And again, he, he's not Batman and he leaves and he gets uh, accosted on the way home and then he runs away. And then, and then it, um, you know, you, it, it cuts back to Wayne Manor and you see, um, you know, Bruce Wayne kind of, um, kind of look out the window and he sees his dogs tied up. And then he, 
you know, the, he goes outside, un, unchains the dog. The dog runs inside. He's barking all the time, kind of like in a, you know, I, and then runs down in the cave and you see this, you see the empty case. Mm-hmm. And Bruce like is like, and you know, kind of essentially shaking his fist, like get off my lawn kind of, you know, moment. And, and in there, and there you have, you know, uh, and then I think you cut to this Terry in the suit. So, you know, it's very clear. Terry is now Batman, but not Batman in the sense that he essentially has pilfered Bruce Wayne's, you know, high tech suit. Mm-hmm. And he's just cavorting about the, uh, the Gotham cityscape with it. Uh, cause I mean, the big kind of thing that the, the suit does, uh, for future Batman is that, you know, because he has this, uh, magic tech suit, Batman can fly now. Right. Uh, you know, the person I was watching with remarked, was like, oh, Batman is Iron Man now. And I was like, this came out before the Iron Man movies. But yes, Batman is Iron Man now. Um, he has he has a power suit and he can fly around. And, uh, you know, I mean, Batman could already basically fly through the ability of a grappling hook. But now he can he can just legit fly. Right. So, right. Yeah. No, yeah. that's a that's a kind of a good analogy in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Batman is it's kind of the Iron Man take on Batman. Yeah. So uh, we cut to. Wayne Powers is having uh, their basically his weapons deal meeting with a representative from Kaznia. Kaznia is a reoccurring uh, fictional Eastern European country that comes up in a lot of uh, DC stuff where basically bad stuff is happening there. <laughs> um, right. So right. E- even e- bad stuff is happening there. I believe uh, in the, it gets mentioned in Superman and in the justice league cartoons, 40 years in the past, 40 years in the future, uh, stuff is bad stuff is still happening and uh powers is gonna do a a weapons deal with them and uh terry uses the i thought that was fun that the bat suit basically he holds his finger to a window and he can eavesdrop on them uh nice little uh cyberpunk toolkit there um but he gets discovered and there's basically a long kind of action sequence shootout slash chase sequence where he's flying around and uh these kind of stormtrooper looking uh security guards are chasing after him and shooting at him and he's they're kind of running about in a uh um in a factory uh and th- and that was fun and that's kind of a a, a prelude of what we're going to see a lot of in uh in Batman the animated series it's like these kind of fight sequences where he can he has these jet boots and and can do it's not just uh ninja powers on on the floor it's uh some kind of elaborate stunts Right, and and also, I mean, you definitely see Terry enjoys the the conflict. I mean, he's he's having fun while he's fighting mm-hmm. the, the the baddies. He's he's enjoying the suit. He's kind of reveling in it. And then he gets to the point where Bruce Wayne has a failsafe in the suit, which can shut it down remotely. So he's in the Batcave, kind of like being the man behind the computer, talking in Terry's ear, like saying, "You know, leave my, give me back my suit, give me back my suit." Terry refuses in the midst of this fight, and then Bruce presses the button. And the suit freezes, so so and then Terry can you know goes from being the victor and being clearly having the advantage, not being able to move, and then being ganged up on by these um, kind of you know uh, security guard types that you talked about, um, to the point where he pleads with Bruce amongst this amongst you know in all the pain of being kind of attacked, and Bruce is hearing all of the sounds and hearing all of the commotion to like and, and Terry's saying please let me let, let me go let me go let me go, and then you know Bruce you know. You know, you, you see part of the grumpy old man melt a little bit here, and he um, hits another, hits the button again, and the suit free, you know, unfreezes, and so Terry's able to kind of, you know, um, defeat the immediate bad guys, and then Bruce helps him escape the the uh, the rest of the kind of the the, the baddies in the area by 
essentially a secret passage that he knew about that's built into the Wayne Towers building, Wayne Powers building. And then they have kind of a conversation about basically Terry's desire to go and deal with the shipment that he's overheard the information about. And he basically kind of uh, reminds Bruce of, you know, his parents being dead and uh, that like he is in a similar place here where he wants to kind of avenge his father's death. Right. Right. Um, and, and Bruce is sympathetic to that and basically tells him how to get to the their hover docks because it's the future where there's a, a hovercraft that's being loaded up with uh, chemical weapons. Right. Right. So we've got kind of the, uh, the final action sequence, uh, Terry and a bunch of guards and uh, Derek powers is there himself as well as his, uh, his lead henchman who I think is called Mr. Fix and we've got the big fight uh, where where Terry has to kind of deal with all of them. And uh, I guess several big things happen here. Uh, one is at some point, um, there the chemical weapons that are being transported uh, gets, the canister gets uh, ruptured. And Derek Powers basically has the kind of classic villain uh, fall or stumble in this case into the horrible chemical weapons, which, you know, is not going to go well and is going to be the origin story for a villain because it's comic books. Um, And Terry, uh, basically having dealt with that stuff, gets on the hovercraft to try and stop Mr. Fix from making the delivery of what he's got. And he has the kind of iconic moment where he declares that he is Batman uh, when Mr. Fix is trying to intimidate him. Um, right, and that kind of seals the kind of the the you know the the the, the, the transfer of the mantle of Batman from Bruce to yes. to Terry, and it's kind of like the big big reveal. Yeah. Um, I I was in thinking about this episode, I was kind of like I keep, I mean I keep calling him Terry to, to distinguish him from Bruce, but like going forward, like he is Batman, right? I mean, and it's it, it, Terry is Batman, and Bruce Wayne is just the mentor, right? Bruce Wayne is not Batman anymore, uh, which is hard for me to process because of, you know, to me, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Though, you know, there's a long tradition in the comics of other people being Batman uh, in, in times when Batman is not available. Uh, there's there's a lot of people who have been Batman uh, as needed. Right, so. right. Uh, so that's kind of the big, that's the big... Uh, uh, end point in terms of uh you know he's he is he has declared himself batman and he's he's gonna be a hero uh we've got kind of two uh kind of uh epilogue type scenes uh one where uh bruce wayne shows up at uh uh terry's home and basically gives a cover story for his ongoing superhero activities is that he's going to be his his personal assistant uh and that that will be very helpful. And that's, that's kind of your turning point where we see, you know, we've seen Terry declare himself Batman and now we get Bruce Wayne, uh, get to be a lot warmer than we've seen him be this whole episode. Right. 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 He's, he's more of a, the jovial kind of fun, you know, person that, you know, you see in the animated series of Bruce Wayne where, you know, he's more of uh kind of the happy, not necessarily happy go lucky, but just a lot more social. Yeah, a lot more affable, right? He's, right. you know, and much more kind of able to deal with social situations, right? Uh, that that version of, of Bruce Wayne in the animated series is, uh, you know, he there's different versions of, of Bruce Wayne in terms of like, is he completely standoffish? Can he relate to people? And the, the animated series version of Bruce Wayne is, you know, he's a friendly, good-natured guy who just happens to have crazy amounts of money, <laughs> Um you know, he, he can, he, he is capable of carrying on a conversation with his employees or with, you know, a, a random person on the street. Uh, and we see that version here after seeing, you know, 40 minutes of the 
uh, cranky old man yelling at the cloud version. <laughs> so right. Uh, so we got one last scene. Yeah, and, and the last scene is kind of your um, kind of. I, I I mean, I would call it the big kind of villain reveal. You see this yep. kind of medical lab with these people in radiation suits. Because um, before, early, in before, in kind of you know, in this in the episode, you hear this kind of kind of this this throwaway line um, while you know Derek Powers is meeting with Representative Kim Kaznia that the only way to cure this nerve gas is with intense heat and, or radiation. So obviously, so it, it alludes to the fact that after Powers was, um, you know, exposed to the gas, he must have whisked away to some secret medical facility. That he had access to, being a man of means and a, kind of a, a billionaire, and you see these two folks or three folks in in hazmat suits, and you know they go through you know the Italian you know you know uh, uh, dark powers like there's no way to know what the, what what this nerve gas would do you know and so and the, and the big reveal is they turn off the lights and you see this kind of like. Derek Powers that's kind of outlined kind of like as a green skeleton essentially this this person who. Uh, has you know become this kind of you know for lack of a better term super villain, and I guess they don't name him at this point, but he'll later take on the kind of title of uh, Blight. Uh, right, right. And I feel like they work up they work up to him in the series. Like like initially he's, he's very much like the kind of behind the scenes kind of billionaire magnate kind of industrialist, but later on he becomes more of like a traditional active super villain, as it were. Mm-hmm. And this is, I mean, again, for a villain that we haven't seen before, right? Uh, this is challenging where it's it's a new villain. This is not your reveal of Clayface or Joker who we know kind of what they're going to look like. Or uh, It's, it's you know, it's pretty striking that you have this, you know, because, you know, he's he's portrayed as this kind of tall, powerful uh, man who is now a glow-in-the-dark green skull. Uh, and that's, that's pretty striking. Um, it, I, I thought that was pretty good as far as uh, ominous and reveal for a villain uh, that we, you know they had to kind of sell us on because we don't we we have no prior uh, knowledge of of this character or what they're capable of. So I thought they did a pretty good job. So this works. I think this works really well as like an introduction to the series. It does a lot in a short amount of time of like giving a sense of, of what the world is like. We learn a lot about Terry in a little in a, in a short amount of time. We we see kind of where Bruce Wayne is and we introduce this uh ongoing antagonist so uh you know it's 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 efficient but it's also like it's 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 really kind of just kind of compact in all the things that it covers uh in a short amount of time which i i really appreciate in a, in a good cartoon episode yeah no i agree i think it's a great uh way to really end the episode so and you know i i have to say i i've seen batman beyond again but i'm thinking i may go watch a bunch more batman beyond after watching this for the podcast uh because i do like batman beyond and i have not watched it as many times as, as uh, i've seen batman the animated series so i i do still see new things when i i watch these episodes uh and you know i think batman beyond is maybe not as appreciated as uh um batman the animated series or justice league but it's uh it's a solid show and it's it's it does interesting things that are different from those shows. And I think it's, it's really brave that it, it does, it has its own new 
uh, rogues gallery of villains and the, the science fiction cyberpunk elements of it are, are are interesting to me. So if there are listeners who like maybe they've seen a couple episodes of Batman Beyond, I guess this is my suggestion that you you check out more episodes because uh, it's a solid series and it's it's kind of fun how it ties together. There are there is a Justice League episode where they travel into the future and there's they basically interact with uh, some Batman Beyond stuff. Uh, there is kind of the weird thing where. Batman Beyond gets canceled somewhat abruptly, so kind of the finale for Batman Beyond is actually a Justice League episode, uh, which is you know a little strange, but I guess that's the nature of um, having a bunch of shows running together, and uh, that's the, the the benefit of if your one show gets canceled, you can have the finale for it <laughs> hidden inside an episode of another show. Um, if you have a bunch of shows that take place in the same universe, right? No, and I I would agree with you. I I would say definitely check out Batman Beyond if. You really enjoy the Batman character, but maybe don't want to kind of, you know, uh, or or maybe I should say intimidated by like the large canon of Batman that's already out there. Batman Beyond is a new, fresh take on the story. It's got a lot of the same thematic elements of really of of Batman the Animated Series or even Justice League Batman, but it's a really new take. So you kind of don't have a lot of, you can just kind of like dive right in and kind of it's very approachable. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up uh, everything we need to say about this one. Uh, Thanks for being on the Batman university podcast, uh, George, if uh, people are interested in hearing more about uh, your thoughts on Batman or non Batman related things, uh, where might people find you uh, on the internet? So um, you can find me either um, on my website, which is uh, George DPR.com or on Twitter at, at George DPR. So either way will find me. Well, thank you so much uh, for being on the show. It was great having you. Uh, And thanks to all our listeners. Uh, Goodbye, nerds. The end. All right. Hey nerds, that's six episodes in a row without talking about uh, Batman the Animated Series episode. So it's time to go back to Batman the Animated Series next week. Aline Sims and I are going to talk about The Man Who Killed Batman.